In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Genesis, the Lord God is depicted as a gardener who plants a garden eastward in Eden and makes to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. In the Gospel, the Lord uses analogous imagery when he likens himself to a sower who goes forth to sow, scattering heaping handfuls of seed on the earth with wide sweeps of his strong arm. You know the parable. Such is the generosity of the sower's sowing that the seed falls not only on the good soil of the field, but also on the hard-packed soil of the pathway and on the shallow soil of stony places and on soil thick with thorns and thistles too. And in each place, the seed meets a different fate. On the hard-packed pathway, the seed has no chance to germinate before the crows come and snatch it away. In the stony places, the seed germinates and sprouts, but quickly withers under the scorching sun. The seed that falls among thorns fares better. It grows into a mature plant, but it cannot bear fruit because the thorns deplete the soil of the necessary nutrients and block the sun. Only in the good soil does the seed grow into a fully established and seed-fruit-bearing plant. When Jesus explains the parable to his disciples, it becomes clear that it is about the Lord himself and about the diverse ways people respond to him and to his message. The parable presents a continuum of responses to Jesus, the incarnate word of God, and to his teaching, the word of the kingdom. It shows that the reason why some people fail to hear and receive the word has nothing to do with a lack of fecundity on the part of the word, but everything to do with the state of the human heart. And it also reveals that the Lord's purpose is nothing other than to heal and to establish our hearts. To see this, I think we need to look at what Jesus says between the parable of the sower and its explanation, the part that the lectionary skips over, the eight verses it drops out for the sake of brevity. These verses, though, are crucial for grasping the significance of the parable. They report what Jesus says in response to his disciples' question as to why he uh, preaches to the crowd in parables. He speaks in parables, he says, because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And then he quotes a passage from the prophet Isaiah, from Isaiah chapter 6, where it says, you will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, 
and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. The point seems to be that the parables, because of their opacity, their resistance to immediate understanding, require you to make a choice. Whether you will turn to Jesus and grapple with the difficulty of what he says or not. And in doing so, the parables reveal how perceptive or not you are of the reality that confronts you in the Word made flesh. They show how receptive to the Lord you are, whether you will recognize him as someone worth taking the trouble to understand. The crowds hear the parables and remain aloof, standing apart. But the same words move the disciples to come closer to Jesus, seeking to understand. The parable of the sower makes all of this concrete. The four kinds of soil represent four points on a spectrum of possible responses to the Lord Jesus. Four levels of receptivity to the word. Four degrees of spiritual perception. At the one end of the spectrum is the hard-packed soil of the pathway. It represents the hard heart that is insensible to the word. A heart whose powers of perception have grown dull through misuse, which cannot hear or see the reality that lies before it, which does not understand. A heart that has no interiority, no depth, but is all surface. A heart like a trampled path, hard as horn, bare as bone, over which many things pass without leaving a trace. A desert heart, empty except for a skeleton lying along the way and a black vulture circling above. And as the story of the scriptures makes clear, this is the most common type. To such a heart, the psalmist speaks when he says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Next is the shallow soil of stony places. It represents the superficial heart, the impatient heart that wants instant gratification. The heart whose only desire is to minimize pain and to maximize pleasure, a heart that wants only to scratch the itch. Such a heart initially receives the word with much joy, but then turns away to something more pleasant, more immediately scintillating, when pain or persecution or difficulty or boredom come along. But as a monastic writer puts it, pain is the test that determines whether Christ's word in us has been received as a pastime or as the treasure of our hearts. After this is the soil thick with thorns. It represents the heart filled with the care of the world 
and the deceitfulness of riches. It is the dutiful heart that gives care and thought and solicitude to many good things. To so many good things, in fact, that the best is neglected. It's the heart that so busies itself with its duties to its neighbors, to its family, even to its church, that it does not attend to its God. To such a heart, Christ says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, that Mary hath chosen the best part, which shall not be taken away from her. Finally, at the other end of the spectrum is the good soil, which represents the soft heart that receives and understands the word, the heart whose powers of perception have been purified, the heart that understands, that turns to the Lord and receives his healing, the heart in which the implanted word bears fruit, a heart that has become like an established garden. How is your heart? Let this parable be like a mirror to your heart. Let it show you yourself. The point is not to identify which type of soil you are, because your heart probably contains all four kinds of soil at once. Rather, the point is to ask, how receptive is your heart to the Lord Jesus? How willing are you to turn to him and learn from him, to receive his discipline and correction, to obey his voice? And what if what you see in the mirror of this parable is a heart with large tracts of hard-packed soil and littered with stones and thorns? What then? Well, then you must turn to the Lord and ask him to break up and till the soil of your heart and to heal you. And this is precisely what the Lord desires to do. For Christ is the gardener of our souls. As Lancelot Andrews, the great 17th century English bishop and scholar, says, Christ is the one who gardens our souls, who makes them, as the prophet says, like a well-watered garden weeds out of them whatever is noisome or unsavory, sows and plants them with true roots and seeds of righteousness, waters them with the dew of his grace, and makes them bring forth fruit to eternal life. And how does Christ water the parched soil of our hearts? How else but through the tears 
of his passion, and with the blood and water that pour from his pierced side on the cross. The monastic writer I quoted earlier says as much when he says that Christ has watered with the tears of his own heart the seeds of the word he sows in our hearts. Only the Lord's outpouring of suffering makes fruitful the many words he sows in our hearts. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. Christ Jesus is the gardener, and he is such a skilled gardener that not only is he able to cause life to spring up and flourish from the barren ground of our souls, but even more wonderfully, he is able to bring life from the most unlikely of places, even our mortal flesh, our bodies of ashes and dust, formed out of the clay of the earth and subject to disease and to decay and to death. For if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, says St. Paul, dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Thus not only does Christ the gardener garden our souls and make them bear fruit. But, as Bishop Andrew says, he also shall garden our bodies too. Christ shall turn all our graves into garden plots, he says. Yea, will one day turn land and sea and all into a great garden, and so husband them, as they shall in due time bring forth live bodies, even all our bodies alive again. And so thanks be to God for the, giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, who gardens our souls and shall garden our bodies too. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.